0: This is a More Than Just Podcast production.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 375 of the More Than Just Code Podcast. My name is Tim Mitra, I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined by Steve Lipton in Honolulu, Hawaii. Aloha. Many he's it's first thing in the morning for him, and it's you know mid afternoon for me. So time zones are fun. Very much so.
2: Well, I was going to say as as I find out every morning because I still work on Central Time, so I'm up ah. at three. Oh, uh, really? Walk wander over to my computer and start and start doing my daily work. So
1: yeah, I think you said the office is in Chicago
2: offices in chicago yeah
1: yeah so you're on central time cool i was working on central time but for me it was an advantage as i got to show up an hour late for work you know <laughs> because you know, walk the dog in the morning then then go to check in at the office and things that was a lot of fun um yeah cool so i just want to get a, a sense of of kind of what you're up to i know right now you've got a you've got a course that's going to be coming out at some point in the future i've seen some talks by you in the past and i've i've enjoyed some of your previous courses and um Last bunch were on playgrounds, but is that sort of where you're focusing these days?
2: I'm focusing on a bunch of new stuff for me. Uh, Some of it is brand new. The the one I'm working on right now is the uh, is Swift Data, and we're going to be putting together. I'm I'm in recording phase now, and then we'll start going into editing phase hopefully next week for uh, creating a course on Swift Data for beginners who have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Right. Uh, So if there's people who know Core Data. This is going to not have anything to do with core data. It's not going to take a core data approach to it. Uh, I'm doing this from a, from a new perspective, as long as you understand Swift UI and trying to get the two of those together.
1: So the focus is going to be like Mac, iPad, or sorry, iOS, iPad um, kind iOS, of focus? iPad,
2: yeah. We're actually going to use an iPad. I have a, um, one of the things I do with my courses, if anyone's ever taken any of the ones from LinkedIn Learning, is I've created my own universe where these courses happen. Mm-hmm. And so all the demos are related. And it's both the ones that have to do with iOS and iPad OS, and even the ones I do outside of that for business stuff, for the SAP business one stuff that I do. And it all rotates it all centers around a company called the Hula Pizza Hula Pizza Company. And huli Pizza, it's a small little pizza company that got started by a bunch of surfers who decided they like their pizza differently than everybody else. Um so the story in the Swift Data one is we're on an iPad now because this is going to be their ordering system on the tables
1: for um, ordering pizza. Okay, cool. Yeah. So is, is Playgrounds going to enter into it or, or is that something that? No,
2: no. This time, this time I'm not going to be doing Playgrounds. Um, I wasn't happy with the Playgrounds beta for Swift Data. Uh, so it's, and it's not easy to play with Playgrounds with this. As of now uh I may end up, which is what I did with uh, with the Swift UI course, is I may end up putting demo files about the about the real course with the, from Xcode side uh as playground files further down the line once I finish the course so it's still possible to play with the playgrounds i mean it's I haven't really worked on stuff. I look at playgrounds as though it's my favorite prototyping environment
3: mm-hmm. So
2: if I want to make a, what I call them software toys, if you want to make a software toy, that's what I do in playground. So if I need something really dirty, quick and dirty, I'll do it there. I almost always have my iPad on me so I can quickly come up with a little thing, see if it works. If I don't remember how, you know, some method works, I'll play with it on that one. I mean, that's where I use playgrounds and that's where I think playgrounds could be used by more professional developers compared to learners. And so... That's where I tend to use it. That's where I tend to champion it, even though Apple gets wishy-washy about whether they think that's the audience or not. Uh, I mean, and that's one of the things that's always been a problem with Playgrounds is they, they've they never actually figured out what they want to do with it.
1: Right. So we can go to a couple, a couple of threads there. But, like, one of them, I guess, is is so the promise was, I guess, two years ago when they added the app ability into Playgrounds, like you can, you can create an app in Playgrounds, and you can start from there. And and I did, I did follow your your LinkedIn course on that. Um, where do you think that is? Like, do you think it is really viable that somebody builds a, a full app on, or yeah, full app on iPad on Playgrounds?
2: I could see people doing it. I I think it would be a, a relatively simple app. It would not be something complex per se. Maybe, mm-hmm. There are things you can do that there on, on playgrounds, which I actually would do more often on playgrounds than I would actually on Xcode. You always got to remember with playgrounds because it's an, and I'm talking particularly about the iPad playgrounds right. here.
3: When right. I'm talking about yeah. it,
2: when you're talking about the iPad playgrounds, you don't have a simulator per se. I mean, you've got the preview, but you don't have a simulator. You're using real devices. You know, you're, you're, if you're using MapKit or you're using any of the AR stuff or anything like that, you're using cameras. You're using the actual locations. Right. And it's running at full speed.
1: Right. So it's not, it's not like the simulator, which is, which is, right. Could be built, could be running on Intel as opposed to Apple right. Silicon. Here you're purely in Apple Silicon land and, right. Um, so so if you're if you're in playground let's let's imagine this so I'm sitting in front of my iPad obviously I'm sitting in front of my iPad because it can only run playgrounds on a Mac or iPad not not a mm-hmm. phone right so if I'm emulating if I'm writing a phone app and I go to run the preview I think it's I forget what the command is but you run that pre- do you get like an iPhone kind of window to to play around with or how does that work
3: for preview
2: your standard size window on a iPad mm-hmm. the standard size window is about Phone shape. Okay. So yes,
1: if like you leave black like black bars on both sides kind of thing, yeah. or it's, okay.
2: it doesn't have the black bars, but if you just use the default settings, which is, I think a one third of essentially of the, of the screen, if you leave it like that. It's pretty close to a iPhone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. And I think it's in my course, but I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I don't remember how the environment variables look at it. To say, I think it actually does say that it's compact at that right,
3: point. Right. Okay. Right.
2: So it does have a compact width or the size class. So it thinks of it as a phone. Right. If you hit run, it's going to go full iPad. If you extend that over that preview, it'll get big enough that it'll actually start acting like a like a actual device. Now Can I don't you... remember. I I can't guarantee that because I, I sometimes get confused with it and they keep switching it on me. Yeah. So I I'm that, I that, I will. Hedge my bet on that, but I, that's how I sort of remember it.
1: I have And some of the yet. edge case things, like like can you, like I guess can you do it? I'm I'm guessing you can't really emulate like Dynamic Island or Live Activities that kind of thing. Can you get those no, things going? No, no,
2: can't get those yet.
1: So that's what you're talking about. Some of the complexity, like right, Core Data was always a challenge. Yeah, some of the core libraries, right?
2: Yeah, Core Data is a problem for other reasons. The uh, Core Data's big problem is. You got to set up the the, uh, the store, the model properly. Yeah. So that becomes a problem unless you really know what you're doing for doing it, dealing with previews. Okay. Because you've essentially got to make your whole database for the preview for it to work right, and that that takes a little bit more code than most people are going to first know at first. It's not as simple as as doing that.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be too dismissive of developing on playgrounds because I mean I think it's really fantastic that you can do yeah. that. I mean, like I kind of wonder if there is a, a developer or, or a community out there that would look at because Xcode Xcode can be a pain in the butt. I mean, it's sort of the mm-hmm. it's the it's the the drunk uncle we all work with, right? Right. You know, <laughs> so it has a lot. There's a lot of uh, things in it. It gets better. I mean, like like a lot of the stuff I've been doing with Swift Data lately. I mean, I I recently refactored an app. I started in core data with Swift UI, got mm-hmm. lost in the mire of MVVM and all that kind of, you know, bad advice that we got back a couple of years ago. Um, and I just recently went, I started studying Swift data a bit, you know, some of the courses online and that kind of stuff. And then I thought, well, what the heck, let's refactor this core data app. Once I realized that, you know, the data store is the same, the actual mm-hmm. the mom files and the right. the, the, the SQL stuff in is is in a location. You can name that location. You can set up a configuration. Mm-hmm. You can go in there. And I sort of uncovered that one of the challenges I have about refactoring is like, am I using the same data? Like you know, I've already invested a little bit of energy, not 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 that I can't throw out, but energy in creating records and, and creating a model and working with different metaphors for for what my business logic is. And then what I was able to do was just take the Swift data and re like set up the models in Swift data and then point to the same store and then get that mm-hmm. same, those same assets. So I've got, I'm working, I'm just about to work. I'm working on a release right now for an app that, um, you know, I've talked about this offline, but, uh, I'm using this, I'm, I've got records in that, that I created in twenty 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 one. 2021, you know, that I'm, yeah. I'm just I I don't wanna let like you know you say I got a lot of junk behind me. I don't wanna leave that junk behind, you know, and oh, go yeah. into a greenfield application. I wanna basically say, Okay, well this is what I can do. And I and I'm I'm amazed that I in the last two weeks I've done more have made more progress than I did in three years working with core data at Swift UI and MVVM. So I mean the, yes. the iOS seventeen stuff for, for Swift Data is amazing, right? It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean the fact that, you know, if, I mean if you
2: figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the beauty of the beauty of the Swift Data announcement was that uh, was it this year or last year? I can't remember. This year. This year, yeah. The, the I mean everybody wanted a new core data. Everybody wanted a non core data like core data because core data has some fugly parts to it, right? Because it, it comes over from the older style of development in iOS. I mean, it started what in Tiger and and uh, uh iOS ten maybe ten point four anyway of, of the Mac right so it's been around for a while but and and it's it's you know people have abandoned it and gone to Realm and they've gone to other you know Firebase and things like that and now people are coming back to it I think with Swift Data we've got the we want the Swift UI version of it right and I'm actually surprised at how much Core Data actually is under the hood right I think maybe you can yeah. talk to some of that
2: there there it's there I mean you you can start seeing it. Um as as you were pointing out, the files when you get down to the the SQLite levels, those are the same files. There are some of the utilities that you can use for core data to work fine for for Swift data and you can start seeing that seeing those those tables if you need to. Um, yeah, it's it's great in those respects. There are times when you see it I think one of the big things you can see it the most in is is with codable is virtually everything has to be codable. And it's it's using codable as its straitjacket to make sure that it can get down to core data. And a lot of the times what I've been seeing with the model side of things is the codable protocol, and, and it's changed in a couple of versions where things have actually started shifting better. The codable protocol is an even bigger straitjacket jacket than it normally is for, say, if you're doing a JSON or JSON. Mm-hmm. Um, file so those are those are also going on and i think that that's where you see it the most is when you're trying to push this thing down many of the man's methods that you're using on the model containers and the model contexts uh look very similar to what you what you can see in core data mm-hmm. and so those look similar
1: so what kind of journey are you going to take an engineer or, or developer who wants to learn this stuff i mean and again, you're saying you're starting from someone who has no preconceived right, right. So baggage like I do, right? <laughs> right.
2: I mean, I spend on my other side of my professional life, when I'm not doing iOS stuff, I spend a huge chunk of that with SQL. So I have this data database mindset to begin with. Uh, and although it's not really a database and there's lots of things you could do with core data or Swift data that would make uh, Transact SQL absolutely upset. (laughs) I was gonna use other words, but I'll use Mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. Um, It's good to start to think that way because that's something that, that most people have some idea about how to look at it as a database. So what I do is we have a menu program, a menu app that's already built that has no persistence. And we're gonna build the persistence into it with three pieces. I will demonstrate it with, how to put together ratings for pizzas. And so you, you'll you see me do this first on the most simple flat file type situation. Right. So you just get the basic basic parts of um, inserting a record, deleting a record, right? you know, displaying a record. Then we go one step further and start looking at how to f- sort that information and how to filter that information. Then from there, we go into the, the the idea of what I just said with Codable is that once you start getting away from simple strings and simple integers and doubles, life gets a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with that more complicated life in terms of using, another, start to see one to many relationships, maybe one that isn't actually a persistent one, but might be some kind of constant or something like that. And then build from that into a one-to-many relationship when we build an actual ordering app where you have a header and a bunch of lines of
3: detail. Right.
1: Well. I mean, one of the one of the nice things about Swift Data I find is is the sort of the way that uh, predicates are handled in terms of yes. filtering, right? Um, you know, that was the part I was talking about with core data. It like it as Frank Zappa would say it had, it had eyebrows, right? Because yeah. it had this weird sort of you know strange language i don't want to insult any 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 races particularly but it it sort of had that you know it was like a different it was like a foreign language right it was you yeah. know in terms of how you and it was and it looked very archaic right um and that, i think that i mean to me that was a blocker for me in terms of like really understanding yeah. or getting my head around predicates but they seem to be a lot nicer now um in that they they've sort of softened that language right
2: i think and i do it i mean the first of that chapter is I go back to arrays and go through map, filter, and first. If you can handle map, filter, and first, you can handle predicates in Swift Data.
1: Right, because right, yeah.
2: Almost the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's cool. Um, I'm really like I really. That was a. Uh, I think that's again part of the part of the reason why uh, I've been able to get so much more done. Yes. On this side, not having to sort of really get my head wrapped around those. I don't even know what what you call it. it looked at what kind of language structure it is, but it's a very strange. It was a very strange yeah. way of of naming a, a predicate and understanding I, it.
2: Right? So. I've heard many people curse them, so yes. <laughs> it, it's been my. I, I'll be perfectly honest. I really don't know core data. Mm. That was a big, huge part of my entry barrier.
1: But you have you've got a, a good founding, and like you said, from other other work right. databases so in I mean, general, right?
2: Other databases. So it's not. I'm I'm taking it from that side of it. Which gives me, I think, a perspective that's going to make it easier for people who have never touched core data before.
1: Right. Cool. And so coming back to the Huli Pizza thing, so I've you know I've gone through your courses before. So I'm the owner of Huli Pizza. I've got the the ordering system on the phone, so you know customers can come in, they can mark their favorite pizza, they can choose. I forget which one. Obviously, we have a messed up Hawaiian in there, and and I think yep. there's some other margarita pizza. I think is another style you have in there. Right. So now that, so now I'm a, a, a patron coming in, sitting at the restaurant. And you're handing me an iPad. That's the the app we're making. As I go through and I make yes. my wine selection, and I will choose my pizza yep. from there, right?
2: Yep, yep. I've actually known there's restaurants here that actually do that, um, where they have uh, an iPad sitting in front of you on the counter, and you order. I mean, there's mm. a couple of uh, of the of the sushi places around here, you order your sushi on there, and they actually have little trains that come by to. Uh, to, to deliver, deliver sushi. So you don't actually see the servers. You put your, your order in, and then it just stops right at your at your table. I'm not going that far. But, uh, but, yeah, it's that kind of app. And I've seen several people who do things like that where you have this kind of thing. So, yeah, what you'll do is you'll have a bunch of different pizzas. Uh, the story is about four friends who were surfers. And after they went surfing, they ended up uh, making their own pizzas. And so they have both classical pizzas like the margarita and a quattro fromage and things like that and then they also have things that they took from street food like the huli pizza itself the huli chicken pizza um a couple of really weird ones which i i call the the, the musubi pizzas there's a spam and a veggie masubi pizza which is actually based i i haven't made taken a picture of it most of them have photos those are the two that don't have photos it's actually based on a very popular chef here in hawaii who, who made an interesting crust on a seafood dish that I had. And I still have not totally replicated it, but I know what it is. So it's actually a crisp. It's almost like a rice crispy. It's a savory rice crispy with toppings on top of it instead of a pizza crust.
1: Oh, interesting. Hmm.
2: Yeah. I I, I I mean, my foodie side, because I spent before I was doing iOS stuff, I was a health inspector for five-star restaurants. Oh, really? Okay. I, I, I spent a lot of time around some real... Uh, I think there are eight James Beard award-winning chefs that I've worked with over over the 15 years I was a health inspector. Hmm. So I, I, I ended up in that mindset, too, that I had to think like them. And so I actually sometimes think like a chef and say, okay, we can do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool.
2: A couple of really weird ones.
1: That's kind of a good segue because I always like to sort of go to the, you know, this is part of a journey, obviously. But how did you get to... Where you are today? Like, did you? Let's go way back in in terms of like computer science or just computers okay. or games or how did how did you go from little Steve, I guess in Ohio, I think right? um Chicago, Chicago, at, yeah. To, to to Honolulu, where you are today.
2: Okay. Well, um actually, I think I'd go back. Yeah, probably 11 is probably the best age to start. Um, <laughs> okay. We had just moved to Chicago. We had lived in we lived in Cumberland, Maryland, for uh. Two years, and, and my dad did not, his job didn't work out there. So we moved to Chicago, and I was interested in high-tech stuff. I was already into reading science fiction. I thought it was really cool. I was into high-tech stuff. Uh, it was really easy to get electronics magazines where they talk about all these integrated circuits and stuff like that. So I bought one of those, and then I bought a little kit from Radio Shack and put it together with a soldering iron and then melted this IC. <laughs> in
3: there, uh, yep.
2: And <laughs> it, it, it was just, I was so devastated, you know, an 11-year-old, it was totally um, devastated. And then so the next time I went to the, the store to buy a, a magazine, I saw this magazine called Creative Computing, mm. um, and I bought an issue, and I was hooked. And there was just all this code, and, and, and in those days, your entire source code was written on two pages of a magazine. Right, yeah, yeah. Usually basic. and. You would sit there, and you I would just pour through those magazines.
1: What was your first computer?
2: Well, and I was getting to that. So okay. about a year and a half later, uh, I s- saved up my money, and I bought a TRS-80 Model 1 oh, 4K cool, yeah. with mm-hmm. the cassette. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you could load everything with the cassette. It was great. <laughs> um, from there, I went to uh, an Apple II Plus. And developed on the Apple II Plus. My parents had started the small business because they realized that both myself and my sister were going to need a lot of money to get through college, right? And, which they didn't have, so they started a side gig. Um, and as part of that side gig, what they're going, what they needed to do uh, was have some kind of accounting
3: system. Mm, okay.
2: So one of my first applications that I wrote was the accounts receivable side. Uh, which would uh, put the order in and output an invoice that way we could then send out the the shipments. Um, So yeah, it was my first first major program was that. I then, as part of what we were doing, which worked on microscope slides, one inch by three inch pieces of glass, we did a one inch by one inch label to say what we were selling. So I wrote a program for that. It was so cool. That was my first published app for all instance, versus we put that in the catalog.
1: So, so on your profile, on your LinkedIn profile, you've got the scientific. I forget what the name of right, the company scientific is. Scientific device. Is that is that this company yeah, we're talking this, about? Oh, this, cool.
2: This is this company. Uh, it started my dad and his partner, who was a. Uh, they were both uh, cl- uh, microbiology supervisors that are prospective hospitals. Uh, they started each with five hundred dollars, uh, and we've grown to have sales of of several million dollars now. So, I mean, it's grown a lot, and it has been a huge evolution. So what ended up happening was I got into that. Um, That was the first program I sold. Went to college. Um, As I was going through college, I had a few summer jobs at a software uh, retailer when it used to be that you could actually have a store that had actual boxes. With a box
1: and a disc in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: You had a box on the wall, most of them saying Infocom on them.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: And... um, or Microsoft, there's a lot of Microsoft ones there too. And I found out I really like training. So what ended up happening was after I went through school, I realized as I was doing all this programming work, I am not the kind of person who wants to sit at his desk coding every day. Right, okay. Uh, I am more, I'm happier when I'm interacting with the users. And uh, so I ended up thinking, okay, maybe I'd be better as a trainer. So I ended up with a training job for actually, again, an accounts receivable system and for medical for medical offices. I survived that first job for about a year and a half uh, before I burnt out. It had a six day travel schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was anywhere between Omaha and Pittsburgh every day from Monday. Well, actually, from Sunday night to probably Saturday morning or Friday
1: night. So is this driving every day or staying in hotels?
2: I was drive. It was either drive. It depended where it was. It was either driving, staying in hotels, flying, or some combination of all of those. And I was bouncing. I was bouncing around a, an awful lot of the country for for quite a while. And it burnt out with that. So I took another job like it at a smaller accounting firm. Uh, that division folded, and I bailed just before it folded. Uh, went to another company, worked for them for a little while, and. That wasn't as as much fun. I guess I'd call it that. Uh, so the politics of this last one, which is why it wasn't fun, ended up biting me in the butt. And I found myself without a job again. The same time, like I said, my dad's in microbiology. He was working in a hospital. A friend of a friend knew a chef. And the chef had a real problem. And the problem was they had an outbreak of some foodborne illness that had affected um I think it was thirty people. It was a big, big one. It was on the news. Uh mm-hmm. it was a high profile restaurant and everyone was panicking. Right. So we so this friend of a friend asked my dad to look into it. My dad looked into it and actually figured out what it was before okay. the health department did. The health department loved him because he actually solved their problem without them having to do anything. Right. Okay. Um and once all that happened the company that that the chef worked for said do you consult and he says sure why not
1: yeah of course i do yeah
2: and so he started a consulting firm and so that was about a year and a half before the last job the, the last uh of those support jobs with the ar system so i had nothing else better to do so I said hey why don't you teach the courses that are mandated by the state and do all the consulting on that and i said okay so okay. i spent. 15 years essentially working with um, high-end restaurants, making sure they were doing things right according to both the law and according to the chefs. Because I was, of course, since I'm essentially industry, I have to look at both both sides of the equation. I mean, a health inspector comes in and says, no, you can't do that. I walk in and says, I know you can't do that by the law, but let's see if we can figure out a way that you can do it. And- Coming up with interesting solutions. And I worked in everything from five-star restaurants to stadiums to a a few golf tournaments and all kinds of stuff in between uh, of doing all that kind of stuff to keep them safe. And so I spent a lot of time in health. That came to an end, um, mostly because the dot-com bubble burst and people's budgets changed. Um, So I was stuck with not anything there. I went back into spending more IT time on scientific advice. And about years into that, I met my wife again, which is mm-hmm. another whole long story. But okay. uh, yeah. it was it's a it's a sleepless in Seattle romantic comedy story that I won't go into. But um, I met my wife. I got married. I needed more income, and so I said, "Hey, you know, everyone's making all these apps. Maybe I could do that." So I started with uh, learning Objective C. Uh, hit a huge brick wall with delegates.
1: This on the Mac or?
2: It was, it's actually, yeah, I started, I was actually starting on, on, in, in, uh, for iPhone, but I was actually just okay. playing with Xcode just to get it to work on an iPhone. I've, I don't remember. Probably, uh, it was probably iOS 10. Okay. Let's see, when yeah. was this? This would have been, this would have been 2011. Okay. All so, right. Yeah. So that'd be about right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started playing with that. Took a huge amount of time. I think, I, I, I don't know if every, I, from what I got from my course, it is a brick wall for a lot of people We're trying to figure out how it, how a delegate works. Um, so, yeah, it took me six months to say – it just was – it was so counterintuitive from what I had learned from before any, any object-oriented. Uh, but I actually put out an app, and it did do really well. Big surprise. <laughs>
1: big surprise no helicopter Uh, money no okay
2: no helicopter money no and and so i tried another one and that didn't do too well i tried one more and that didn't do well and then i decided hey let's try it and then someone dared me because i i don't know if anyone if
1: you remember flappy bird yes yeah i made i made a couple of those i I was teaching at the time i taught people how to make the flappy bird app
2: yeah i mean that was exactly the point is uh you know sprite kit had just come out and uh I was talking to a friend and I said, this thing is so stupid. You know, I could write this in a week. Right. Yeah. And so she dared me. <laughs> and I did. It. <laughs> so Slippy Flippy Penguin was born uh, mm-hmm. and I did that. I decided I was going to try to do the same thing he did and use an ad revenue thing, which I think my total sale, my total revenue is four cents.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> that didn't
2: yeah. work really well either.
1: <laughs> Well, ironically I call my app business Pizza Money because that's pretty much what I get. I, I, yeah, that's I, about I, all you for a get. while there I was getting enough money to buy a pizza. It's a lot less now, but you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's not there's that whole side of the app store that nobody talks about. Yeah. Um so I've been doing I was been doing back and forth with that. I said maybe I should look at a different language. And so I started looking at Python and mm-hmm. started blogging about Python. And I had created a blog called Make App Pie.
1: Right, okay. Right.
2: Uh, and I was talking about Python on Raspberry Pis oh, okay. was what the whole thing was about. So I was doing that for about four months, and then WWDC happened, and I watched everyone's jaw drop when they said, hey, we got a new language. It's called Swift. <laughs> and everybody's jaw dropped because they had absolutely no idea what to do. Well, if you've looked at a little bit of Python or Ruby or some of the mm-hmm. other things that you're there, guess what? They look an awful lot like it, it's, it's the classic Apple steal from everybody else, the good stuff and make a new something, new something.
3: Right. With it. right. Yeah.
2: And, and that's Swift. And I was able to do a transition really fast from what I was doing. And I made makeappi.com a Swift language tutorial. And so I. Very rapidly people started looking for stuff and it really hit its stride. I did five tutorials and then I did one on UI table view. And it just that just shot out of
1: no out of the Really? Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, and just because no one could figure out how to do a UI table view in Swift. Really? Okay. At at the time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, but (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I I get it, I get it. I mean, everyone was so objective C, which is, you know, mm mm compared to uh uh you know so asked backwards compared to swift because swift is starting to look like you know everybody else's language right yeah um that people were having a hard time making that change and so that one thing then chumped me up that changed the seo and everything else started going Mm, so about a year after that i'm you know i'm sitting here for a lot of the you know between me Uh, Erica Sadoon, Natasha, the robot. I mean, there was a bunch, there's like five or six people who were constantly doing the Swift stuff. And those were the top four whenever you did a Google search. And I was in there. So I was constantly in those, those top four or five that were coming out uh, at that, at that time. And so I kept getting this stuff. So one day, a uh, lynda.com rep, content manager, saw my articles and said, hey, do you want to do a do you want to do a video? I go, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> be fun. Sure. Yeah. So I go ahead and I do a video for them and I, I say, say, okay, here's what we can do. And here's once you propose something. So look at the, what, what would you like to do? I said, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Um, and the one they picked on was, um, was watch OS. Oh, okay. Um, I forget the guy's name that I'm following because someone had done it and he did such a great job. Um, uh, mm-hmm.
1: not Simon Allardyce.
2: Simon. Yep, that's who. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was Simon. So Simon had done it. And so I'm now following Simon, which was enough of a.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a good
3: guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's
2: incredible. Um, So I, I was a little intimidated, but I went through it and it did okay. So I said, can I do another one? And so I did another one, which was also, I think, on Watch. And then I said, you know, I've had all these problems with delegates. Why don't I do one of delegates? I said, okay. And so I did, did the delegates and I kept doing them. And I'm now, and then shortly after that, say, hey, do you want to do a weekly?
1: Right. Oh, really? Okay. And so
2: I did iOS development t- tips weekly. And so on LinkedIn Learning, there's a, I think it's like eight hours worth of tips that are still sitting out there.
3: Yeah. I saw uh, them on your
1: website so, today, actually. Yeah.
2: So I've got all of those uh, out there. And then from there, I I started doing more stuff. Same time at my regular job, I was doing more, I was some, uh, Shifting of both family dynamics and corporate dynamics put me in a different position where I was now controlling almost everything that had to do with the SAP software that was running the business. So I became an expert on that, and so I asked LinkedIn if they wanted me to do something with that, and it just so happened they didn't have anybody doing that particular product. I said, sure, and so I did five videos of that, which took me up into, well, actually it took me two videos of that, which takes us up to COVID, and then I spent most of COVID just creating content.
1: Sure. Yeah. 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 You're lucky in that sense that you, you didn't, you know, you could do that from remote as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's I,
2: actually, I, I did it on, no, well, no, that's actually not, it's almost the same focus right that I did, that I did. The, <laughs> yeah. The I can't, game. I can't
1: remember how I first found, I know I, I've, I've seen you speak at 360 iDev a few times or once or twice, but um, I can't remember how I sort of stumbled across you. Maybe because I was looking at Playgrounds or something last year. Probably. Uh, yeah. So because because I, mean, I have a friend who works on the playgrounds team at, at Apple, we haven't really been in touch since he joined Apple, of course. But um, yeah, just like, you know, fascinated by the work that they're doing over there. And it, and it's an interesting thing. I think that um, when it came out, it was kind of like, it, I think they approached it from a sort of an educational point of view yeah. as a tool for that. And then they, they put it out there as sort of a, a scratch pad for Xcode, as you said, right? Um, and now, you know, there, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of under the hood stuff you can do in Xcode on the Mac that you really can't do on the iPad. Cause you don't have good access to the file system. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so even, I think there was a, there was a, uh, you know, building books and creating links from one page to the other, that kind of stuff is, was all sort of possible in there as well. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Cool. So so, so you're basically a serial educator now, I guess, right?
2: Yes, I'm a serial educator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> serial me. trainer. Yeah, it's funny. I, it's, I, I did a, I did training all through my early career before, before development. Um, yeah, I did similar things where I would sit. So, were you sitting next to somebody and training them, or were you like at the front of a class with like five or six students? Or when I was the,
2: doing tra- in the early days, um, for for most of the training that I've done, I've done both stand up. So. In in the very early days when I was doing the AR system, it was a stand-up course, which would introduce them to the product. Uh, again, people I'm dealing with, if you want to talk about users, is people who had never dealt with a computer before. These were the, – most of these were – again, it's it's the Midwest. It was a lot of small Midwestern towns. It was doctor's offices where their mom – where the doctor's mom was probably the office manager. Uh, we had people who just thought the computers were going to just explode. And if they pushed the wrong button, uh, I mean, I had, a, I actually banged around keyboards. I had one extra keyboard just because I didn't want to totally destroy it, where I would bang <laughs> the keyboard against the wall <laughs> so that they could see it's not going to break. <laughs> right, 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 uh, right. I had, to, I had to do things like that. Um, yeah. so there was the up training for that side. But then after that, I would go on site, which is why all the travel. Right. I'd go on site and then sit with them and go step by step of how to put in
1: patients. Yeah, set it up. Or, and, yeah,
2: and then yeah. how to you know put their diagnosis in there and how to deal with Medicare in this particular state versus Medicare in that particular state.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's funny that that kind of that kind of business line. I think I don't know if that business line kind of still exists because. Now there's so much accessible information online, you know, with courses and tools. You know, we used to have to, like, I think you'd have to go back in and, and sort of help them set up the system that they're going to use right. as an SAP, as you mentioned, right? So
2: I mean, I, I see a lot, of the, a lot of that does online is they'll do Zoom, things like that. The people that I interface with from, from the SAP providers, they'll tend to interface with me that way. Again, I already know it, so it's not the same thing. Uh, when we had the initial installs, I think it's still a good thing to have people on site who totally understand the system. Uh, I, I have a problem. I My wife is dealing with this now with, with a system. Uh, I think many times people assume things are going to be like you know an iOS app where everything will be easy to look at, and there's only really one workflow. But in the real world, in the business world, and particularly in medicine, uh, there are infinite number of workflows and you've gotta be able to understand adapt, yeah. that yep. that customer and adapt.
1: So I like to talk I just like to ask people like on the show um about where the puck is going. Where, where do you think where do you think we are in terms of where Apple is with their devices and their softwares and where do you think we're going? I mean maybe even if you have some thoughts on vision vision pro and vision OS. Well uh
2: well there's the elephant in the room which, which is which Apple is very nicely calling machine learning yeah keep away okay from that other term which um which there's a lot of hype around that uh i have lots of issues with that myself i i'm a little i'm a little nervous about ai from perspectives which I, I i don't think other people have actually looked at very carefully um one of the apps that i use for my writing uh ia writer just did a great series of articles about this is from the app development side We only have like two or three engines out there, if you want to call them engines, to deal with AI at the moment for machine MMLs. Um, They're going to scrape your data in order to work. Essentially, they're going to assimilate your app. They don't need you anymore once you're adopted their app. So we actually run a danger as app developers of giving away all our secrets or giving away our code to someone just to add what may be just a shiny feature. And I, I, that's one of many, I mean, there's lots of different things and you can go online and see all the different objections, but it's one of the ones that I've been looking at very carefully is where, you know, where are you, because these things have to use huge databases. I, I actually call, I mean, and it's even now, so more so with how much Microsoft is, uh, even more invested in open AI is it's clippy with clippy with a large database <laughs> Yeah. and, uh, and that's what it is. And if you look at it in that respect, it's it, you see it differently than thinking it's some super intelligent thing. It is. It's clippy. It's the same
1: clippy. It's, a, it's, it's, just, a, it's an automated fact. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: it's, a, it's, just, it's clippy with a lot more data that he can then randomly pull um, and sometimes just as annoying. Um, so, I mean, I see that. I think there are things out there that work really well. I mean, I look at Grammarly as an example of an application that's using it in in a good sense. I'm a little nervous because, you know, that's taking my information to do it. And so it is scraping my information in order to work. So, you know, you you have to worry about that. Um, But there are things that are working well. The machine learning side, you know, some of the things that we can look at with Apple is, you know, that I love the automatic clipping that you can do with a photo is that you just tap on an object in yep. a photo and just drag it. And then you've got, you've, it's already clipped for you. Right. Uh, I mean, that kind of stuff's cool. That kind of stuff makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where it's, where that's going to go is going to be very interesting. And I think there's going to be another, uh, bubble and bust before anything really useful comes out of it. Uh, I'm also like, like you said, vision OS is something I am very intrigued with. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my own use, I mean, I live here, right. but I work in the middle there. of the United States, uh, in the middle of the mainland. So that means ten hours plus of travel every time I go from point A to point B. I can see that if I had six screens that I could sit back in my airline seat and work. <laughs> yeah, that could be really nice for me. Uh, and I could—I I don't necessarily get it. I'm not a gamer for lots of reasons, but I, I, I'm not a gamer. I, those kinds of things don't be it. Maybe a huge cinematic movie would be really cool. But I could see it, you know, I could see it that if I had six screens instead of two, I mean, I've got three I got three iPads and two screens right here.
3: Mm-hmm. Same here. You know,
2: I, 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 I use that much just to keep myself organized and productive. If I had that easily, to, it's worth it.
1: Oh, yeah, and yeah, 100%. I think...
2: I, I think, I think where we're going to see stuff is is not necessarily augmented reality type stuff as much as being able to build environments where you have enough information around you of multiple windows it's not going to be windows piled on top of each other we have the the, the very simple two and a half d of microsoft windows or mac os what we need is that we can look around the room and see everything yeah, put
1: something over here and come back to it later
2: exactly here, here or actually just be in your swivel chair and turn around and yeah. have you know twenty things running around you That that would be where i think it's going to be productive is that then you can stick your fingers out and type wherever you are I mean, that that kind of stuff is where i see it And I, I think it's a the way apple is approaching it just like i said earlier their their favorite thing to do is steal from everybody else yeah and then make it better
1: yeah i call it leading from behind
2: Leading from behind, exactly, and I think that's what they're doing with this too. And they're taking their time and they're being very careful um, about how they do it. So they, they're not they're they're not fools who rush in. As much as analysts love to complain that they don't rush in, and you know, oh no, uh, Apple doesn't have a foldable
1: foldable phone. Well, no, they don't who need
2: one now. No <laughs> <laughs> else has a successful foldable phone anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the best of the bad luck, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, I think about when I think about the the, the promise of my—I've changed my opinion over. If you listen to the show, you know, I've changed my opinion over the the vision OS over the over the months. But especially after having gone and tried it out myself, um, I mean, there are businesses that didn't exist before the iPhone. There are, right. you know, uh, you know, access to information we didn't have before the internet came along. Right. So you and I both experienced that. Right. And. I, I definitely think that the Vision OS or, or spatial computing, let's call it that, right? Because I'm sure Google's working on something and Microsoft's working yeah. on something and everybody's brother's working. If you don't think they are, you're fooling yourself. Um, I think that there's going to be businesses coming out of this that we're not even aware of. And who knows? Maybe it, maybe it is that we don't go back to the office because we can now bring the office to us, right? Or like you said, right. I mean, I, I think I told you a the the couple of days ago that... When I fly on my on a plane, I often take my wife's 11-inch MacBook Air because it's the only one I can open in economy, you know? Right. Whereas now, if I can have my Vision OS headset on with my big, you know, extra battery pack from Amazon, um, I can sit on the – or plug it into the USB port on the plane. I can sit there and I can, you know, like you said, work on or or consume information or watch an IMAX movie while I'm in the plane on my five-hour flight or, in your case, mm-hmm. six-hour flight, you know? Um You know, so, so, I mean, and like Uber didn't exist, Twitter didn't exist, you know, DoorDash didn't exist, you know, who knows what kind of Instacart didn't exist, you know, Amazon existed, but it lives, it's much nicer now on the iPhone than it was on a web browser. Although they led the way in web browsers. I mean, if you remember the indexes across the top, and I mean, they were, they were the site to look at in terms of who was leading the pack back in the day, but. Uh, you know, in the Don't Make Me Think book, he uses he uses uh Amazon's webpage as a as a perfect analogy of how to organize data, right? Um yeah, I I definitely think that it holds a lot of promise for, for where we w- we're gonna go with this. So yeah, interesting to see. I
2: just wanted to add one more thing. I yeah, think there sure. are some companies that are gonna definitely pull out the stops on that. Um uh, I think, you know, we're gonna see I it'd be very interesting to see, for example, what ends up happening with Final Cut Pro and and end this that would be one thing i want to say or or autodesk um or eventually i pro- procreate or xcode although i don't know what, I, or xcode I, I just see people doing this yeah but yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> with you i was like swiping their hands all well, over the hitting people but you
1: know i'm also i'm also a visual artist by training and i've done sculpture and i've done 3d i, I was I, i've told this story before but i was learning to do sculpture on my ipad because I've got 3D printers right here, and I print out stuff, right. and, you know, so I, I learned, I don't know where the heck, somewhere over there, there's there's a portrait of me, oh, it's up there, um, that I made. I, let me just grab this. All right, so this is a self-portrait that I made. Let's get the light right. <laughs> That's a self-portrait yep. that I made. I did the sculpture itself, because I can sculpt in real life, but I sculpted on my iPad with a pencil, I yeah. found a course on how to how to model, you know, a human face, and I printed it out on my 3D printer. So I've taken something that I built virtually and put it in the three-world r- world. I, did, right. I regret that I didn't take the model with me to the Vision Pro. It would have been cool to see that on, on in reality. Yeah, category. yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that, I mean, like, that's something that didn't exist until a few years ago, right, to be able to, be able to do that, so...
2: I think it it could be if, and just going to exactly that I think it could be a resurgence of 3D printers and people are going to really start and
1: painting and, and painting
2: yeah. and, and you know and some of the actual hardware that are going along with it is that if you can get the the 3D printer files made there and then like this somewhere and end up sending it to the printer that I mean that's going to that's going to change things
1: yeah, it's going to change the whole the, the big big change in looking for laser writer, which I don't know if you get that if you're not a Mac guy from way back when. <laughs> oh, yeah. Looking for laser. It's over there. That's where it is. You're looking for it. Aye, aye. Anyway, I, I want to get to a, an interesting part of the show that we do, um, okay. which, which is sort of the Tim's questions. And it's based on uh, the work of Marcel Proust. I don't know if you know the Marcel Proust questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also stolen a bunch of questions from Stephen Colbert to make it more fun, right? so. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> so if you're seated comfortably we can we can delve into this part of the show.
3: Okay.
2: Se- seated comfortably.
1: A simple one is what's your motto? What's your what's the elevator pitch for Steve Lipton?
2: Let's do something stupid next.
1: Oh, cool. All right. Um and would you like to expound on that or just
2: Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, I it's first of all one of the best ways to get past imposter syndrome is just assume you're gonna be doing something foolish or stupid right okay uh so it, it 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 just you go buzz right past it um but it's also that's how you discover things is it's all in that stuff where you're going to be at the bottom and work your way up i mean I we've been talking about swift data i started at the bottom it this one was a slog to say the least uh and it didn't help much that apple kept changing the goalposts every bit yeah. but uh it was a slog but it, it's worth it in the end And you you go through those slogs and you just know, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not getting, I don't feel good about it right now, but eventually it it will happen. And I've done that in so many different things where I'd say, okay, let's do. I mean, running. I mean, I never expected myself ever to run a marathon. And I, one day I said, okay, let's start. Let's, I need to get some exercise, so let me start running. And so I ran a little bit and a little bit, and then I ended up doing 5Ks and 10Ks and half marathons. And then I came up with the idea, hey, let's do the let's do the Disney Marathon. And so I ended up doing the Disney Marathon.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, who are your heroes in real life?
2: I think the first one's actually my dad. Okay. Uh, and I've already talked about it. I mean, someone who took um, – he's, he's a brilliant guy to begin with, but uh, someone who took, you know, a 1,000 bucks – and can turn it into many years later, several million dollars mm. uh, in sales is quite amazing. And I think a lot of how I think about stuff and how I look at stuff comes from him. Uh and he's come up with some really brilliant ideas. I mean, one of the first inventions that came out of uh scientific device that besides our standard stuff that we sell now is a product that doesn't exist anymore called the slide dryer. And There's a problem in hospital laboratories that you have to take a sample and then you have to dry it so that it's fixed on the slide. The traditional way of doing this is taking your fingers, putting it over a Bunsen burner, and trying not to burn your fingers, which isn't very safe. Now, there's another device that's there, which is an electric incinerator that's about this big. It's a tube about this big with a tiny hole in it that you use to make inoculation, to sterilize inoculation loops in the lab. That gives off a ton of waste heat. So he put an aluminum plate on top of this incinerator, which generated enough heat just by conducting it off the waste heat to dry those slides. Mm, okay, and it's a genius, simple solution, and he did such a brilliant thing with doing it. Uh, that's my favorite example. Of, I mean, he's done others. I mean, some of them are actually insanely uh, successful. Um, unfortunately, I can't. There's NDAs involved with those. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who
1: they are. We'll, we'll but, take your word for it. Yeah.
2: But but th- there are some that actually, if you look in the literature, it is the product he came up with that they talk about as the standard.
3: Oh wow, cool.
1: cool.
2: Um, so I mean, that's that's how it goes, and that's and that's why I would pick him as as for that.
1: Okay. So what's your favorite word?
2: Actually, it's it's three words. Okay. And it's actually the three words that I, I was thinking about when I started to say it. I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay it's better than it depends
2: yeah I, I, it's literally i don't know um and, and then i might say you know you might have a situation and, and, and someone once told started slapping me or metaphorically slapping me about i about it depends right so I yeah using that. I, I tend to say i don't know here are the possibilities if i were to speculate uh but yeah i would say i don't know well let's do something stupid
1: vote. next and figure it out right yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool
2: let me play what? with it. That's actually, that would be the next thing is let me play with it, which goes back yeah. to Playgrounds. That's...
1: Yeah, same with me. So what is the best sandwich?
2: course, I'm so pizza obsessed. I'd say two pieces of pizza on top of each other.
1: Like a calzone kind of idea? Yeah.
2: Calzone, yeah.
1: Or folded folded piece of pizza? <laughs>
2: yeah. Or folded pizza, yeah.
1: What ingredients go in that perfect pizza?
2: Oh, the perfect pizza for me? Um, well, I designed it. That's how the, the whole Huli thing started. Uh would probably be a Huli chicken pizza, which... Technically, doesn't exist. I suppose there's a place at Kahuku that makes it, uh, but I, I've actually made it myself. So it's um, huli huli chicken, which is a for those who not from Hawaii, uh, it's a, a teriyaki uh, spit roasted chicken, uh, essentially. Um, tomato sauce, macadamia nuts, pineapple, and I'm missing one ingredient that I like in there. Oh yeah, goat cheese.
1: Goat oh, cheese, cool. So so the huli pizza isn't named after the the company in. Silicon Valley TV show. No, no. Oh, it's named after the chicken, the huli huli chicken. Named after
2: chicken. Yeah, oh, needs go- to turn around. Actually, it's it's got two. It's a double meaning. In, if you're talking about pizza, because it's on one side, it's the huli huli chicken, which is a rotisserie like this. But people spin their dough like this for a
3: pizza. Oh, Okay, it's about
2: turning around. This is it's the same basic word is from for. For the dance hula, it comes from the same root. Is it's oh, okay, cool. It's turning around.
1: See, I, I assumed it was from the huli pizza, huli company on Silicon on Valley.
2: No, it's actually huli. It's, it's actually a Hawaiian word for turnaround.
1: Okay, cool. Well, or, that may be, that may be the genesis for huli for all I know. Um, yeah. What is your most prized possession?
2: Hmm. I'm <laughs> sure it's sitting right here in this room right now. Um, I'd probably say one of my stuffed animals that's over there. Oh, yeah? Pull them up. I'll pull them over here. Sure. Uh, well this this he is fifty five years old wow this cha um the bear as i it's a bear or i I got him when we moved originally from i was what two and a half mm-hmm. uh when we moved from when my parents moved from New York to rochester new york uh for my dad to go to to school
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh we were in a very bad car accident on the way uh, mm-hmm. we lost everything in the car. Uh, so I was in a very traumatic period just when we got here, we got to Rochester having horrible nightmares and the doctor said, you need to get him a teddy bear.
3: Hmm. Okay.
2: And I picked him out. It was, it was Christmas time. Was about the time now. So he's probably, it's Josh's birthday. Um, uh, is, uh, and I picked out that bear and he's been around ever since. First, he's got a couple more friends up there now,
1: but, uh, right. Cool. Um, What's your favorite action movie?
2: Lilo and Stitch.
1: Lilo and Stitch. Well, that's a hope based in Hawaii. Hawaii. Based yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah. What number am I thinking like,
2: 26. of?
1: Twenty-six. Nope. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I cut you off on the Lilo and Stitch story.
2: No, I just just yeah, the Lilo and Stitch story. I mean, there, there's the one piece. of The thing is that this island was cut out of Lilo and Stitch in the original. In the like cut out,
1: like like removed from the story, or removed from the
2: story. There was a scene that happened on Oahu. Oh okay. And they cut it out because of 9-11. Oh really? Cuz Stitch Stitch starts flying between buildings and crashing into buildings. Oh. They thought that would be too traumatic, so they cut out the the running down the middle of Waikiki.
1: What's the uh, most used app on your phone?
2: Probably Slack.
1: Slack? Yeah. That's an easy one for most engineers, I guess, most developers.
2: Yeah. Well, I just um, I am I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Got to get with people.
1: Well, this may be a kind of tricky question, but where would you most like to live?
2: Down the street. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a nice house down there. I'm actually looking for a house.
2: So, yeah. I oh, okay, cool. <laughs> now, we live, where, where I live now is actually, uh, I, I want to live on this island, but if I were to pick somewhere to live, um, right now, I live in what's essentially mostly military. So, mm, I am okay. that direction, three miles is Pearl Harbor. Oh, okay, uh, right. Oh today's in Pearl fact,
1: Harbor Day isn't it or tomorrow today's Pearl
2: Harbor day yeah, okay yep um, right in my backyard here is the fuel tanks for Pearl Harbor or was the fuel tanks for Pearl Harbor they're getting de- decommissioned now but um so and in between is all military housing so this isn't the most conducive neighborhood that I'd like to live in It's got a lot of a lot of younger people here uh who have interests that are a little noisy. let's put it that way.
3: <laughs> hmm. All right.
1: What's the one thing that you own that you should really throw out?
2: Probably all those chocolate bars that I'm stashing away somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: I don't need that many chocolate bars.
1: Right, right. Let's see. Um, Aisle or window? Window. Window? You just like to get in I there and it. just chill? Yeah. No, I like putting
2: the pillow up against the wall.
1: Okay, cool. Have you ever asked anybody for their autograph? Yes. And would you care to expound on that?
2: Um, It's actually... Three, okay, uh, um, that I could think of off the top of my head. One mm-hmm. is Sir Peter Bedouar, who was Nobel mm-hmm. laureate. Okay, uh, um, he actually borrowed my belt. Uh, which that's another whole story. But yeah, okay. it's it's a lot But I, I got his autograph. Um, Sir Peter Medawar, David Mack, the artist and art, um, uh, cartoon creator, uh, mm-hmm. creator.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I'm blanking on the third now that I'm thinking about. Um, oh yeah. Uh, one of the Apollo astronauts.
1: Oh, really? Which one?
2: Um, Which mission? Oh, no, I'm blanking. It. it was the last mission. It was the, it was the last. Oh, the last Cernan.
1: Apollo mission. Cernan, Gene Cernan.
2: It was not a- Low. It Schmidt. Arishon Schmidt.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think
2: yeah. I, I. No, Ron Evans. That's his name.
1: Ron Evans. Oh, so the command command module pilot?
2: I think command module pilot.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right, neat. Yeah. No, I have yeah, a signed fine Buzz Aldrin picture from uh, Apollo 11 yeah, behind you. Yeah. So
2: Ron Evans, because yeah, I was so into space when I was younger. And yeah. When, same here. Uh, Technically, my mom asked because he was working as a subcontractor for a company my mom was working for. Oh,
1: company. cool!
2: And I had this book of Apollo stuff, and we took took the page out and had him sign it. I don't know what I
1: did with well, <laughs> it around here okay. somewhere, but yeah, no, I have a I, yeah I have I got a, a Buzz Aldrin signature at a, com- a convention once. Um, do you have a dream that you remember? Yeah. <laughs> 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 i do
2: it's actually kind of freaky because I, I it's almost it's almost 100 fu- uh come across is i was going through a really really bad space in college um and not feeling and it was a depression and uh i had a dream where my wife and i were living along the coast near a forest and we just and the older me said to the younger me it's fine it's all going to tw- work work out don't worry
1: right and that's it
2: that one I that's what it was I, it was cool. much there but Post is over there
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that's true so you, you sort of is have, over there <laughs> You have come to that cool um all right well I guess we we can probably wrap up so uh how would people get in touch with you Steve or what um, are you working on next
2: well let's see uh, best way to get in touch with me is probably going to be uh, either mastodon or uh, which we'll put the link. I don't have the link in. Yeah, it,
1: I'll put the link in the notes. Those. Yep,
2: you'll put the link in me for me. Um, is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, you can also check out the makeappi.com dot com website. We'll have mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff, and probably my LinkedIn profile is the other place to find me. Is because sure. I'll keep I keep active on those three more than anywhere else.
1: So, do you have any idea when your Swift Data course is going to be ready to go? Uh,
2: we'll see how long it. it it's sometime first quarter. Uh, 2024. It's it's a little nebulous right now. There's some issues. Uh, like I said, noise here is a problem with trying to record stuff. So we're having a couple delays on, on me finishing production. So it, once that's done, we, I can then start really cranking out and, and getting the the getting the post production stuff done, and that will then figure out when it's actually going to show up.
1: All right. Well, my name is Tim Mitra. T I M M I T R A on the Twitter machine, the Mastodon machine, Instagram machine, all those places. Usually you'll find me. So until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Aloha.
0: This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. Please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC. Once again, the podcast's Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc thanks again for listening we'll see you next time
1: So, uh, do you consider yourself an indie developer, or do you consider yourself uh, just like you're just working from home this whole time, and that's kind of where you where you're at? Did COVID change any of that? I guess this question.
2: Well, COVID changed it big time in the sense that I'm here. I mean, right. you know, The reason I'm here in Hawaii is COVID.
1: Oh, you and moved? That, you moved during COVID, or
2: no, no? I didn't move during COVID. What ended up happening was uh, the when COVID started isolating everybody when we went went to lockdown. Yeah. In about a week, I converted an entire business from in-office to remote.
1: Okay, right.
2: And then I realized after we had done that, after a year of this, we had come, we, we came back here to vacation, uh, that there's nothing stopping me from doing my job anywhere. Because this infrastructure is now in place. I could work from almost everywhere for, for about 90% of my job.
1: So and were I you were actually go going to a physical office before this? Like, were you yes, going yes. like, so, somewhere I mean, downtown or whatever?
2: So our office is over by uh, O'Hare Airport. Uh-huh. So uh, we were by the airport. I actually, Oh, you mean
1: a, you, were, you were going to the office in Chicago?
2: My Chicago office. Yeah. So I usually went to the Chicago office. During lockdown, I was stuck in downtown Chicago, where our, oh, okay. where our apartment was. Okay. And everyone else, I mean... Where the office used to be like this, it blew up like this because people were, lived pretty far away from the office in Kansas Yeah, Kansas. yeah. Um, and so they were all over the suburbs, and it was working great. Mm-hmm. So I asked my boss, and he said, sure. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's my dad, but even still, I was not, <laughs> oh, I was boss, not expecting yeah. that. <laughs> I was expecting yeah. it. He's like, okay, yeah, we can do that.
1: Yeah, So because yeah, the same thing happened to me. I mean, I, I ran my own business from this house for like um, a good 10 years or so and then uh when the I, when the indie apocalypse happened and i had to go find a day job um i went and joined a bank and worked there for about 5 years i guess and then covid hit and all of us had to like work from home and you know and i even had so like i had uh i think i had eight people that were that were working for me as their manager and three out of eight of them maybe four out of eight of them um mo- relocated during covid they just went that way, you know, 150 miles or went that way 150 miles and mm-hmm. and stayed there, right? Um and uh I changed jobs last year, but the the bank still has is still has a downtown office and they still expect people now to go in two two days a week kind of thing, right? Um so um I you know, whether I work remote or not is is you know, I have a couch over there where I wrote most of my code that, you know, over the last, you know, 13 years or so. Um so at night I'm working over there, during the day I'm sitting at oops, sorry. <laughs> During the day I'm sitting at this desk and, and this is where I work. So, and, and it's kind of nice because even though I'm still at home, this space is, I'm working, right? When I get up yeah. and walk away from here, I'm not working anymore unless I'm coding, you know? Right. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting time, but uh, um, it's interesting. I was just, a couple of things I wanted to ask you, I was going to mention during the show is that um, um, Apple just, I just saw an article this morning saying Apple is dipping their toe in, in AI, just came out like a story Just came out, yeah, unsurprising, but yeah. I mean, they they did I mean, they did a kind of interesting thing with with uh, Core ML when they rolled yeah. that out. You know, build your own models and train them, and they, you know, some pr- pretty fascinating stuff. And of course, typical of Apple, it became super simple to make something like a, a an object recognizing app, right? Um, right? And you can see you can see some of that manifest in the Photos app when you can point at a dog and it tells you it's a dog. You yeah. know. <laughs> I was yeah. walking my dog one day and I and I had my photo, my camera open and put this little square box around my dog as I'm walking. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. you Because know? it was obviously recognizing that my dog was with me or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see where we go with, with this stuff, right? Um, as you know, I'm big on um, Vision OS right now. So that's my sort of thing. Well,
2: me too. So, yeah. I, I, as I keep telling myself, as soon as I become a millionaire, I'll buy one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a, I had a visual joke that it was supposed to arrive today, but it didn't arrive, so I couldn't make the joke. But anyway, oh. uh, some su- surprise. Maybe maybe for tomorrow's catch uh, up, we'll uh, I'll surprise you guys. But if I if it's ready. okay, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having and, me. Yeah, we'll see you. I guess it's we'll fun. see you again. Uh, and just you know, for those of you following the after show at this point in time, we do have a, gr- a working group that we belong to. Both of us um that's what's called the ios what does it devin call it swift, remote, swift studio. remote studio yeah swift remote studio and uh yeah we we meet here talk about goals on friday we have a coffee meet up on um wednesday. We, uh, wednesday at noon i think uh, eastern time yeah. and then um which is what well, don't ask
2: morning. me don't ask me time zones
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah time zones and, and dates don't ask us about those um and then um what's the other thing uh yeah so and then there's a Slack channel where we so if you're an independent developer and you want to join a community and feel like you're sitting at the water cooler you can probably join us there right
2: Yeah cool. and you can see some of my other craziness
1: Yeah <laughs> All right sir thanks for your thanks for your time